passes Hills and high grasses It roams With intent to atone The higher radical new possibilities you can make that reality by donating to our patreon today at bring christmas back guys We're Don't help expand our operations get exclusive premium content all the good stuff <laughs> recommended The Thing, yes, one of John Carpenter's best films, absolutely. Have you seen the Nosferatu yeah. 1922 tweets? The picture of John <laughs> Classic Warrior Tifo. Alright, one sec. Uh, I'm just going to get myself some tea. What was the last horror film I saw in a cinema? I think the last horror film I saw in a cinema was A Quiet Spreaker. Place. Three years ago, we were told that the Milk and the cows in the south and the north and the cows. <laughs> Gordon Brown made a truly vacuous speech. Absolutely no content. I wouldn't appoint that man as a research assistant. That was the words of Tony Ben from. I'm guessing Jack's been reading all the rest of his diaries and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I remember your your classic uh, your classic quote that you said when we were at yours. Uh, I think it. I don't know if Jack was. I think it was the second time I came up, to, up and I was just just me that came up to see her, and we were talking about it, and I and I, you were just there smoking, and you just went, you know, man, you just got to crack some skulls sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that, yeah. <laughs> Gotta crack some skulls sometimes. As the Chinese put it, uh, you know, the Stalin had his knife, you know. <laughs> I was just saying to you, does he remember the time? I think it was the second time I went up when you couldn't make a Jack, and uh, I was talking to him about the Soviet Union, as you do. And I think Yaya was <laughs> smoking a joint at the time. He had a token, he went... Oh, you know, man, sometimes you just got to crack skulls, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's a beautiful impersonation as well, I got to (laughs) say. Right. Uh, Are you there, Jack? Oh, no, he's not. He wasn't even there. 
I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he came back and then left or something. I, I definitely heard something. He came back to say milk and then fucking go get his tea. Milk! Classic, <laughs> classic Frain underscore Jack content. <laughs> you know Democracy Now!, which is like a US kind of like progressive. Of, yeah. yeah, they brought Beats Riley on quite recently to talk about. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. And, um, have you seen uh, Have you seen that film? I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't. Uh, it hasn't had oh, like any downloads available. I mean, I, I can are. understand trying to give them money, but like, if you can't see it another way, uh. <laughs> <laughs> defo, defo. Jack, I thought you came back a few minutes ago, but you just came back in the. Ri- are you actually there, Jack? Are you there? Or... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're there. You're there. I'm here okay. now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Because I I, a few minutes ago, I thought you came back into the room. You said, you said milk, and then I... I'm yeah, like, you came it. in and said milk, and then walked out or something. <laughs> yeah. And that... we didn't realise you left. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to tell you a story about Yaya when I went up to see him for the second time and stuff. Um, yeah. So... Sometimes uh, you just gotta crack a few skulls. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta just crack a few skulls. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent. Who are the hard left, What's it? Chris? Well, we know who the hard left are. In the you know, ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation. Hard left wing position. Hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard there's a Crawford Davis and a tacky Cary Grant And some homeboys looking for trouble down here from the Bronx But there ain't no Harry and no Virgin Mary You won't hear those voices again And Johnny Rio and Rotten Rita You never see those faces again This Halloween is something to be sure Especially to be here without you. Hey guys, welcome to a very special Halloween episode of Real Politic. I mean, it's not going to be released on Halloween, but I mean, it's a recording on Halloween. Yeah, I'm here today with uh, Tom and Jack, and I'm of course Yair. We're going to be talking about some <laughs> That's the true horror of Halloween. If you, kids, when you go to sleep tonight, if you go to sleep tonight, kids, and you see a gammon-faced man at your window with no hair on top, and he's just frothing with milk at the mouth, you know that that is that is milk gapes, and he will come for you. There's a man. Milk. There's a man. If you say his name, he's doing all this in a mirror. I would just like to say that when we were recording this and editing this episode, there were some weird interferences with the the audio. So if if you hear anything odd throughout we apologize we're trying to sort it but every time we try to you know export the episode sounds just keep appearing and we, we can't <laughs> explain it you know it's, it's really weird what kind of sounds i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't ever want to see that face again <laughs> mulholland gates
<laughs> I hope to never see that face again. <laughs> Mail. <laughs> you're in both dreams. And you're scared. I get even more frightened when I see how afraid you are, and... Then I realize what it is. <laughs> There's a man... ...in back of this place. He's the one who's doing it. I can see him through the wall. I can see his face. I hope that I never see that face ever outside of a dream. The St. Petersburg Troll Factories and the RP Propaganda Channel already but it's okay if you show the episode to somebody else within seven days then it goes back to normal <laughs> <laughs> is so that it's... an it follows reference actually no i was thinking more classic the ring oh you know? right it's a similar yeah you do have a time limit don't you what is it in it follows you have sex and you get the curse and then you've got to have sex with somebody else to give the curse to them it's like if you sleep with a, a tory like you you're cursed and you, <laughs> you have to pass it on you have to like get rid of it just because she's not here there's no need to be mean about that. oh no <laughs> I, I genuinely forgot that. <laughs> so, so, Halloween, folks. If you all go out trick-or-treating... <laughs> no. Got a big hole, yeah. yeah. You, you're big into your occult, aren't you? you know. Okay, I will say this. My mum really gets into Halloween. She sets up like a little like altar downstairs and stuff. It's it's very weird. It's very... It's so fucking weird. I swear she's trying to contact some kind of... Uh, some kind of celestial spirit. Tom, have and... you ever thought about who your real father might be? Uh, <laughs> maybe a kind of Rosemary's Baby kind yeah, of situation going on yeah. here? <laughs> well, if you ever if you ever met my dad, if you ever do meet my dad, he's very very different to me. I'm very I'm yeah. He, like he looks dad. like Bashar al-Assad. I remember <laughs> seeing seeing the picture. Well, Wait, my dad looks dad? like Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> That was definitely what I thought at the time. Well, maybe it was like, you, maybe it you wasn't your pic- dad. You saw, you saw a picture of me in, <laughs> in, 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 in a wedding suit and you went, oh, you look like Bashar al-Assad. I was like, oh, cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, that suit made you look a lot like Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> you fucking Assadist. I'm I was like, holding like a camera on a tripod that. in a wedding outfit for a family wedding and I was designated the task of filming it and stuff. So then my mum was like, oh, take a picture. And then, and then of course, when Jack comes down to visit he sees that photo and that's the first thing out of his mouth oh my god you look like Bashar al-Assad <laughs> you, you did look sorry choked on my pit of bread am I I'm eating hummus living the Corbin Easter life to the full yeah no you you, you, you it just look like you know your frothy coffee no uh, just tea actually a good working man's brew Duggar would approve <laughs> Duggar's just like I mix beer in with my tea it's the most authentic <laughs> brew possible <laughs> but you did look like a sad I'm sorry <laughs> 
okay, okay, we get it. I look like I looked. I looked. I don't look like I looked like Assad. I do not currently <laughs> look like Bashar al-Assad. Let's let's get that out. There. Now, who do you look like from the, oh, hor- the horror canon? Oh God! One of the lads out of green room. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my hair's grown. My hair's grown now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is Green Room even technically a horror film? I don't think it is, is it's it? It's a crime thriller sort of, yeah. I liked it anyway. It no, good. it was sort of marketed as a horror film, wasn't it? But it wasn't really. It's like a punk band, isn't it? And yeah, they tend to be fashion, they they Nazi place and <laughs> it goes down. <laughs> yeah. So today, I guess we're going to be talking about films like, well, maybe not like Green Room if we don't think it's a horror film. We don't really want to talk about politics at the moment because it's just a horror show, really. I mean, it is. Since we last recorded, of course, there's going to be a new president in Brazil, Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, yeah. Bolsonaro, and he's a fascist. Yeah. Yes, he, he ran on the Social Liberal Party ticket social <laughs> liberal party ticket i don't ever want to hear any other liberal or conservative dickhead ever saying ah well the nazis were national socialists <laughs> i never want to hear this fucking argument again never again some fucking political you call yourself whatever the fuck you that. want yeah exactly oh. it's like shinzo abe he's the leader of the liberal democratic oh, yeah. party yeah. They're not a liberal party. They're fucking really hard right to far right conservatives. <laughs> Stop with this nonsense. <laughs> it's confusing. It's false advertising. False news. political parties. That whole scenario going on in Brazil. And of course, we send our solidarity to everyone who's going to be affected over there. Members of the LGBT community, leftists, radical organizers. That a lot of those people are going to be feeling the heat in the coming years uh, yeah. from, well, let's say, it, fucking fascist government over there. And the liberal establishment are absolutely complicit in this. Yeah. I mean, the Obama administration's official policy was to support the coup against Dilma Rousseff in 2016, which removed her from office under spurious corruption charges. I mean, there's absolutely nothing linking her to the corruption going on in Petrobras, the state-owned Brazilian oil company, which has become <clears throat> almost the kind of received wisdom that that was why she fell. One of the Liberal Party leaders, not the social Liberal Fash Party, <laughs> but one of the other Liberal parties, posted a video message. I can't remember his name. We'll get his name. Uh... I spent ages trying to look for it just now. I couldn't find it. He did a video message basically saying he wasn't going to support Bolsonaro, but he wasn't even going to pitch in his support for the moderate social Democratic Workers' Party option. Yeah, this just, a, just another bootlicking fucking liberal cunt. Like, just <sighs> absolutely pathetic. These people are as bad as the fascists. Every fucking bit, they wave them through all the way and stand in the way of the left-wing movements, policies, activists who could change things positively. I mean, we've seen Momentum tweeted out socialism or barbarism because of this. And you've had all the usual fucking bad as James Ball, all these cunts going, no, that's outrageous, you can't say that, you can't say that, oh my god, you can't say... It's like, well, you, you can. And uh, Tom Peck, the <laughs> sketch writer for The Independent, tweeted in response to Momentum's socialism or barbarism tweet, you know, who said it? Owen Jones or Hitler? Oh god. <laughs> and, and then he received like a deluge of hundreds of people pointing out to him that the quote was popularised by Rosa Luxemburg, who was murdered by the Fry <laughs> we need a whole episode to discuss what's going on over there and what those next steps are going to be to try and support people who are going to be affected by the Bolsonaro.
Bolsonaro government. But yeah, it's awful. It's very sad. Well, you now have Bolsonaro in Brazil. You have Trump in the US. And another major power is, of course, the Indian Prime Minister Modi. Yeah, so three of the he's... most populous countries in the world. So three of the biggest yeah. populations worldwide are very, basically under... Very, all right. Politics, yeah, know. far right sort of neo-fascist politics. Yeah, we are. It's, but yeah, we're in a fucking awful situation. And, and of course, the official policy of the Trump State Department is to support regime change in Venezuela. So now mm-hmm. Bolsonaro, who is an outspoken critic of the Venezuelan government, is in power in Brazil. Brazil could be, you know, it could be a stop for American troops on the way to Venezuela. It's easy to see the kind of things that might entail here. And of course, the political vacuum in Venezuela would not open up a golden age of liberal democracy. It would beckon through somebody like Bolsonaro. Yep. Well, yeah, that's exactly I, I, who they'd yeah. stall, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. The liberal pro-interventionists, they want every country in South America, but especially Venezuela, to have its very own little Pinochet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And the scariest thing is all, all this is happening when in the 1930s, when you had the rise of fascism, there was one thing that sort of saved us all. And it was the USSR. Yeah. We don't we don't have that. We don't we don't have that now. There isn't an alternative block countering US power in the world anymore. That's a, exactly. that's a tragedy. No. In fact, I've been listening to the audiobooks of Tony Benn's diaries, and you can hear his reaction to the fall of the Soviet Union. While Benn was never a supporter of that form of government, he does say, I feel very sad. US global hegemony is now completely unchallenged. And with somebody who is close to a fascist, like Donald Trump in the White House, hand in hand with fascists like Bolsonaro, that is a terrifying new global order. Yeah. And countries like Venezuela are really, really isolated. And it might not stop at Venezuela. What's going to happen to Cuba? Yeah. I know they're not in as bad a situation as Venezuela at the moment, but there could be attempts to undermine Cuba. Well, not only Cuba, you know, you know, other countries that have left-leaning parties in power in Latin America. Well, it's, it's... all the positive advances made under Obama in US-Cuban relations have been already undone by Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So we will definitely We're have talk- an episode talking about that. <laughs> We're talking about this a lot for an episode that isn't. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we've also seen, you know, incipient fascism on our own shores in in in, in the form of a. Uh, you know, a, a horrifying attack on freedom of speech, which has oh, yes. uh, gone down over the last few days. I mean, I, I, I suggested people want uh, further <laughs> reading on this matter. They go to George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> George Orwell's Animal Farm. Fucking Orwell. Franz Kafka's for trial. Arthur Miller's The Crucible. <laughs> you you get you get what I'm saying here. Twitter have suspended my account and I'm fucking pissed. It's outrageous. Yeah, it is. It is. It totally it goes against your First Amendment rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, sure. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we have that over here. But yeah, nonetheless, whatever our equivalent may be. I mean, we don't have a constitution. Close to everybody. I do feel a bit, a bit like it was a bit tasteless in retrospect, uh, to say the least. But I used the situation in Brazil as an immediate segue into my suspension from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, we will be dedicating a full episode to what's going on in Brazil. So this is merely a preamble before we move on to less yeah. serious yeah. and weighty matters for today. Yeah. Back to my Twitter ban. <laughs> yeah. It's outrageous. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. R.I.P. Frain underscore Jack. <laughs> 
it's really outrageously. Because they said it's because I've evaded suspension. <clears throat> yeah. I was never permanently suspended. The best thing to do is just keep going at it, keep filing complaints about it. Because eventually they have to get someone who isn't a bot to look at it and correspond with you and then realise, oh, there's been a fuck-up here. Cunts. Just absolute yeah. cunts. I reckon it was absolute. that sad fucker Jack Macondo with the fucking Lego oh, Batman Abby. Oh, 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 you mean you mean Andrew Spooner? Oh, do you reckon that's <laughs> Spooner old? Do you reckon that's Andrew Spooner pretending to be a lawyer? God, it was reminding me of Brexistence. Didn't he have a Lego figure as a profile? He, I think he's one of the 40 accounts that that follow this Jack Macondo wrongin. He's now got <laughs> FBPE in his name as well, obviously. Do you reckon it's Spooner stealing lawyer valor? You know how uh, <laughs> people on left Twitter put QC after their name as a joke now, including yeah. us for a bit. Do you reckon Spooner's equivalent of that is setting up a weird Lego Batman Avi account with the bio simply reading lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dearie me. So, away from the horrors of real life into the horrors of cinema. Because we were, believe it or not, a film show at one time. Yeah, we were. <laughs> I mean, we've done more episodes on music in the last few months than we have on film. <laughs> <laughs> the state of real politics. So, yeah, horror cinema, horror films, horror filmmakers. Where do we start? Any favourites that you have that you want to highlight and stuff? I know there's a few people who responded to our thread to talk about certain films. Well, uh, uh, th- 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 there's a I know f- this whole idea was borne out by me and Jack were discussing some recent horror films, well, yeah, recent-ish, we that were. we thought were pretty cool. It's true. It Follows, Get Out. Yeah, Get Out uh, is brilliant. I rewatched really it the, the other night. Yeah, it's a great what film. Fantastic what movie. Um, it's fucking B. I need to get rid of it before it. it, it, it you can hear oh, it in my record. Um, one second, one second. There's one second. a B in your room. <laughs> Let me, yeah, what the fuck is a B? <laughs> oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, no, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, it's a wasp. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, fuck, no. No, oh, no. Shit. Oh, Tom, oh, I'd be freaking out now if I were you. Hey, um, there, there's, a, there's a scene in the Ben Diaries where Tony Ben has ah! a bat... It stung Tom. I think Tom's been stung. Oh, okay, it's gone. Are oh. you alive? Okay, it's gone. Get the fucking bee out of here, man. From. I think they like my sunscreen. Why are you wearing sunscreen? It's overcast. It can still burn you through the clouds. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Shit, grab my flamethrower. Yes! Yes! You get them! Oh my god, it's the queen! You got him! Holy shit. Camera guy, tell me you got that. Okay, Tom, Tom, listen, listen, this will calm you down, because what happened to you isn't as bad as what happened in this story, I'll tell you. So, in the Ben Diaries, there's a bit where Tony Ben has a bath, and he's like, ah, and then he realises he's been stung on the balls by a wasp. Oh, no, Reggie, 
That's it's it's like the second wasp related incident in like a couple of chapters. He gets stuck <laughs> in a less funny place previously. But yeah, I'd like to uh, recommend that. I mean, there's a film released in the year 1984, which is very relevant to me. I can really relate to it with some stuff I've been through. It's called 1984. <laughs> it's an it's an adaptation of the hit George Orwell novel 1984. Um, yeah, it warns... the love novel 1984 from yeah. the year 1984 of the film 1984. Yeah, well, the novel wasn't written in 1984. I'm... <laughs> no, 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 I know that. I'm just saying the film, was, the film 1984 was made in the year 1984. The novelization. Novel, 1984. Yeah. The <laughs> novelization of the movie 1984, published in 1984, based on the George Orwell book 1984 and the motion picture 1984. Who would have wrote the novelization for the adaptation? Simon Hedges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he opened the cage and the rats came through. Oh, my, my were... gapes did it. <laughs> what would Simon Hedges sound like? Would he be like quite? Yeah, so basically, I'm very much, uh, you know, sort of. I'm no. Simon Hedges. I think he'd sound like Ian Dunn's kind of estuary English, not too posh, not too not. Ha! Huh. Oh, God, I'm really uh, aloof in this whole situation. I can really sort of see what's going on here. Brexit? Bit mad, huh? Corbyn? All his supporters are mentally ill. <laughs> I'm a complete uh, cunt. <laughs> so the film version of 1984 from 1984. Yeah, I mean, I've I never I've never actually seen it. I watched it like. Oh, you know. I watched it with the lads it's, at it's uni. It's a good adaptation. I, I was so fucking high. I didn't concentrate on it at all. I can't remember anything about it. We were talking over it and stuff as well. And I, yeah, it's, so I yeah, haven't really a, seen it's it. It's a good performance by John Hurt. Oh yeah, John Hurt is, yeah. is good. Richard Burton plays Big Brother in it, doesn't he? Essentially, he, or he plays one of the people yeah. behind the government who basically captures um, fucking uh, I can't remember the Winston. That's it. I, I, I'm not a big fan of 1984, so I don't fucking know all the fucking <laughs> yeah. details of it. So read some effing Orwell, mate. No, it's not even a horror film, so we probably shouldn't be talking about that one. <laughs> It's a dystopian science fiction film, says on Wikipedia. Well, it's definitely a horror film. <laughs> uh, it speaks well, to the horrors you... of modern life and the, the Stalinist uh... dictatorship of Twitter. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen Animal Farm? Oh my god, the animal's fucking talking it. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and it's got a lovely little message about communism. So fucking... <laughs> An Animal Farm by George Orwell. We are not recommending those films, folks. The 1984 version of 1984 is probably the best adaptation of it there's ever going to be. And what the fuck is that? Yeah, I hear you snorting stuff as well as smoking. Uh, I was just putting on my jacket. Sounded like uh, you're racking up big lines of gear. Where's my fucking gear? Where's my fucking gear? Don't fucking, don't fucking lie to me, you cunt. Where's my fucking gear? Where's my fucking gear? Don't, don't fuck all with Don't, don't tell me my fucking lies, bro. Don't lie to me, you cunt, I'll knock you out. Where's my fucking gear, Bill? I want to shut down, mate. Where's my fucking gear? I don't know. I wish I was. <laughs> we haven't even fucking started talking about horror film yet. I watched the 1975 original for Stepford Wives. Okay. I think it's kind of a horror film. Yes, yeah, science fiction horror film. Wikipedia says so, so therefore it must be thus. Wikipedia uh, is lore. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was reading about Get Out and I was looking at the influences of Get Out and this film was apparently a key influence on it and whereas Get Out satirises race, this satirises gender. I mean, probably it's not as politically righteous as Get Out but it's still got some sort of very funny and and creepy scenes in it. The basic plot is that a, a young wife and her husband move to Stepford which is an idyllic suburb of Connecticut. And then she she finds that all the women in Stepford are like these domestic goddesses. They're so good (laughs) at cooking. And they're just always thinking of like how to cook and clean best. And they've all like quit their jobs and they quit their hobbies and they just look after their families and stuff. They're not interested in like anything intellectual. And there's a really funny scene where her and her friend, who's similarly minded, organise a women's lib meeting. And all the wives come along and they just all like, start talking about housework <laughs> and uh... i didn't bake anything yesterday it took me so long to get the upstairs floor to shine i didn't have any time to bake well you don't have to bake kid there's no law hell ed's lucky if i remember to keep him in white bread <laughs> easy on spray starch it must save me half an hour a day at least you'll never run short of time again i guarantee it I've just been tempted so many times to try easy on. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a leader or anything, but we're not supposed to delve quite so specifically into housework. Easy on's really that good, is it? Is it that good? Well, if time is your enemy, make friends with easy on. That's all I can tell you. It's so good that if ever I became famous in the easy on, people ask me, would I do a commercial? Not only would I do it, I'd do it for free. That's how good it is. Holy cow. <laughs> and then it basically turns out all the men are part of this men's association. And yeah, it basically turns out that they've been like replacing the women with like robots. <laughs> like robot replicas <laughs> of women. <laughs> I, can, I can see how there's a direct sort of line of inspiration there, yeah. yeah. To get out, yeah, where you're like, why are these black staff? so like creepy and weird and then it turns out because they've got white people inside them (laughs) (laughs) which also kind of weirdly goes into sorry to bother you which is not at all a horror film no it's not it's uh, i mean at most it's like comedy with some sci-fi elements yeah or or, yeah i mean would you say sci-fi yeah Oh, or, or fantasy or something. Yeah. I don't know. Hard to draw a line, exactly. Anyway, good, good film. But yeah, back to horror. <laughs> yeah, Sorry to Bother You is fucking brilliant. It's like yeah, the most crazy. unabashedly left-wing Watch film. Watch it, Tom. Watch it. Yeah. Yes. Isn't there like a remake of The Stepford Wives? Not that I'd be interested in watching the remake. I'd rather just watch yes. the original. There is a remake. I haven't seen it, but apparently it's terrible. They remade it as a comedy, <laughs> and kind of everyone involved in the movie when, says... When's they the had... original from? 75. Oh, shit! It's directed by Frank Oz. Fucking hell. Frank Oz is like... a fucking hack. Like, he's just one of those directors who's just got, like, no individual yeah. or iconoclastic characteristics to his filmmaking. <laughs> 
I like Little Shop of Horrors though. Oh, I that's haven't good. seen that. Is that yeah, that's, is that that's early decent. Frank Oz? Yeah, I think maybe his first film he directed. I think no, it wasn't. But it was one of his first, probably his third or fourth film he directed. I think. Has he done any horror films <laughs> after the Muppets Take Manhattan? <laughs> 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 he's just a fucking jobber you know what i mean he's just a kind of person yeah. whose profession is but they're a director he's not an artist he's made films that aren't terrible because some, he, yeah he someone, just comes someone, in and does work someone like the absolute yeah. danger fucking brett ratner he's just a perfect example of that if you don't want to have a filmmaker having any sort of creative influence on a film and you just want him to get in direct it and get out do the job yeah. harass a few women Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, fucking yeah, exactly. Piece yeah. of shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's Brett an absolute scumbag. I actually watched a Brett Ratner film recently, though. What was it? Red Dragon. His uh, entry oh. to the Hannibal Lecter canon from 2002. Now his best film, actually, but it, it's not yeah. nothing special by any means. No, no. <laughs> it, it's actually uh, I've kind of enjoyed it when I watched it. It was all right, but now I've seen the story of Red Dragon in three different works of visual entertainment. <laughs> Michael Mann's Manhunter from the 80s, yeah. which which is Very dated good. as hell, but actually pretty good. One of a piece with Thief, isn't it? One of a kind yeah. of a piece, rather. Yeah, and also the arc of the third season of the TV show Hannibal. You've um, been getting into that, haven't you? I, I watched all of it, yeah, it's, it's a great show. The third season, after which, unfortunately, it was cancelled, I would say is the weakest. It's the weakest largely because, whereas the first two seasons were effectively original material, season three is an adaptation of previous Hannibal Lecter work. So the first half of it is based on the sequel to Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, which Ridley Scott made into a very boring film in, I think, 2001. The only memorable scene from that film is when Anthony Hopkins takes off the top of Ray Liotta's skull yeah. and starts feeding his yeah. brain to Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, and when then, he feeds Ray Liotta's fucking... own brain to him, that is pretty good. And then good. he goes, mm, mm, it's good. <laughs> yeah, 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 and he does it, he, he like, and, and, and like, Hannibal, Hannibal is like, really like, he really hates Ray Liotta for being a misogynist in that it's like woke Hannibal he's like oh such and such hated women too and then he feeds him a bit of his brain father we thank thee for thy blessings and to dedicate them to thy mercy we are about to receive forgive us all even white trash like starling here and bring her into my service amen you know I have to tell you Paul even the apostle Paul couldn't have done better he hated women too. Yeah, and, and Gary Oldman, for fuck's sake, is in Hannibal, hideously disfigured. You know, he wasn't even credited because he wanted people to work out it was him. Yeah, then he gets fed to his own pigs, which he wants to feed Hannibal to for feeding his own face to him. <laughs> Not his brain, <laughs> face. Different, different part of his head. <laughs> so season three of Hannibal, the first half is based on Hannibal, the Silence of the Lamb sequel. The second part of it is based on the Red Dragon story arc. I believe that's what the book is called that Manhunter is based on. Or am I wrong? Either way, Hannibal the TV show I would really recommend. I'm not sure I would really recommend any of the Hannibal films bar Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend watching Hannibal Rising. 
<laughs> oh yeah, see that is, is the, the one I haven't seen. Produced by Dino De Laurentiis, so yeah. it's the the mark of quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got the rights, I think. Uh, De Laurentiis, I think he's got the rights to the franchise. Bar Silence of the Lambs, which for some oh, inexplicable reason he was like, ah, this isn't for me. I'm not going to do this one. And then it was like massive hit, and he must have been like, oh shit. So he produced these like really run of the mill <laughs> Hannibal sequels in quick succession <laughs> in the early 2000s. What I love about his filmography is you look through it all, and it's a lot of twos and threes. So obviously the original films come out, and then he's like, oh, that was successful. I'll oversee the sequel. I could never see the sequel. It's the same here for like Halloween 2, Amityville 2, Conan the Dist. Conan, is that the first one, is it? No, that's the first one. Evil Dead 2, even though that is amazing. Evil Dead 2 is great. I've no idea what Dino De Laurentiis is like, but I imagine him being like the record company executive in Tim Peake's Firewalk, <laughs> Farron Walk with me, played by Yair, like where, where he's just like, ah, you're fucking, ah, you're fucking not making Better me tell. any fucking money. But, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Carry on. Yeah, Hannibal is a really good TV show. Brian Fuller at Showrunner said that, well, he deliberately, he told all the directors, don't make this like uh, police procedure make this like a uh, pretentious european art film <laughs> and, uh, and and actually it's really like beautifully shot show the cinematography is great and sometimes confusing <laughs> because it flips backwards and forwards in time and it uses like different you know sometimes it's black and white and sometimes it's the colors are super saturated and sometimes you know it's a different aspect ratios i think and it's, it's a great show mads mickelson is brilliant as Hannibal far better in my opinion than Anthony Hopkins who whilst it is very entertaining in the role uh I mean it's just pure ham isn't it <laughs> it's like it's more gammon than fucking yeah. Mike Gapes in that performance <laughs> there's a great video of Anthony Hopkins on Twitter yeah, uh, and someone did a caption of that feeling when your sugar daddy's on top, and it's just the video is just of him looking absolutely terrifying. <laughs> it was like a weird, with a weird cartoon music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's just him going, ah. it's like, what is happening? Get him off Twitter. Yeah, I just want to say happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to all of you, and. Uh, have a good time. I've got to say, whilst I think that the third season of Hannibal is the weakest because it's not as original as the other two, having watched Red Dragon very recently before watching the Red Dragon arc of the third series of Hannibal, it is done so much more artfully than the Brett Ratner version. <laughs> like, seriously, like, they did it so much better. Like, Brett Ratner's is all just, like, rapid zoom. Like, it's all, it's, like, just pure ham. Like, the score is terrible like just syrupy orchestra like the it's just all kind of horrible looking like just awful gaudy it looks gaudy it's bad but hannibal is, is, a, is a fucking roller coaster of a show i'd, re I'd really really highly recommend it there yeah <laughs> i need to check that out i have not seen it oh, i don't think i've seen anything hannibal related i mean i've, I've... I'm aware of it thanks to, you know, cultural osmosis or whatever, but... You haven't seen Silence of the Lambs? No, 
Oh, shit. Well, I mean, that's definitely a horror film. There's this kind of, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a horror thriller. So people kind of, people who look down uh, on the horror genre are always like, oh, it's not a horror film. It's a thriller. It's like, nah, come on. Like, there's loads. There's a pretty horrible pattern. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like pure <laughs> yeah. kind of like horror suspense sequences in there. Like the bit where Jodie Foster's character is in, you know, in the dark, complete dark with the fucking serial killer in there. Like, and obviously whilst Anthony the Hopkins, sorry. The, the cop who's fucking strung up by his intestines isn't it oh god yeah yeah there's some dodgy politics in the film and from what i'm told in the books written by robert harris thomas harris thomas yeah. harris thomas robert harris writes like the one where you know that roman polanski film where ewan mcgregor plays blair no piers brosnan plays blair the ghostwriter. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's Robert Harris. <laughs> Robert Harris was mates with Blair, and then he fell out with him over the Iraq War. <laughs> still, a, still a fucking melt, though. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Of course. Once a melt, always a melt. Once a melt, always a melt. Apart from Georgie's. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, we got we got called the George Eaton fan club by. Uh, at 1984 Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever. 1984 Marxist. He claimed we'd never rip on melts anymore. Uh, sure, uh, why not? Yeah, I mean, well, come on. I, I, of all people, know false news when I see it. <laughs> 1984 Marxist. Horrifying. Fuck. Horrifying yeah. name. Terrifying. It really strikes me to the core. <laughs> oh, apparently Dino De Laurentiis is dead. Dick Morant is dead. Yeah, he's been dead for a while. Like, he died eight, ten years ago or so. Didn't know that, but not before producing Hannibal Rising. So, yeah. Tom, just because I, I, you know, I am obviously a Hannibal aficionado. Can, can you, can you tell me a bit about the entry in the franchise that I haven't seen, Hannibal Rising? Oh God, I think I saw this when I was younger. It's just like an origins film, basically about. Hannibal Lecter. It's sort of set around the German invasion of the uh, uh, German milk industry. (laughs) The German milk industry. Basically, he's Hannibal Lecter is forged by the horror and destruction of the fighting between Germany and the Soviet Union during the Second World War. He's Lithuanian, isn't he? Like Martin. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He is. And I'm to grow like, some a hamsters. Scene with a samurai sword. I can't remember. It's fucking it's gone from my head. It's got you know. It's 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 a very forgettable film. Bad film. The screenplay's by Thomas Harris though. Yeah, but I mean, he's not like, look, he's not that good a writer. Yeah. Is he? Like, I've never read any. Of his really? novels, to be fair, but the, I just the producers were just like, "Oh, if anyone knows how to write Lecter, it's Thomas Harris." They yeah. get him on. Still shit. I, I think there was some kind of contractual re. Oh, made by Momentum Pictures. No, I think I think there was some kind of contractual reasons. Like basically, the book was written at the same time as Hannibal Rising. The film was produced because I think the rights were gonna slip out of Thomas Harris's hands or something. So him and Dino De Laurentiis were like, we've got to act soon before some other fucker makes a Hannibal origin story. Have either of you ever seen Dino De Laurentiis like produced? That. 
version of King Kong. No. From 1976 with Jeff Bridges. I might have seen it when I was a kid, actually. I saw one that was from either the 70s or the 80s. I can't remember. The Dino De Laurentiis produced version of King Kong from 1976 with Jeff Bridges. (laughs) (laughs) Where they go from groundbreaking stop motion effects to a man in a suit. I, to be fair though like Rocky 4 that version of King Kong and Rocky 4 as a kid I loved those when I was younger and then I garnered taste can we talk a bit about Get Out because I think we've all seen that I yeah. haven't actually seen Get Out you haven't you seen Get Out really? I know I know I know oh. I'm sorry I've seen it twice, and I think you have as well, Jack, right? Oh, yeah, it's no, no, yeah, it's man. no excuse, I know, I know. I, I should have seen it. I it recently. Can I read a little bit from the casting section of the Get Out Wikipedia page? Go on. The no! Se- <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Alright, I won't then. No, I will. The scene where Rose drinks milk while looking at potential future victims was conceived shortly before shooting to add an additional creepy element to her character. The music used in the scene, I've had the time of my life, was intended to reflect Rose's emotional detachment. There's something horrific about milk, Peel said. Think about it. Think about what we're doing. Milk is kind of gross. (laughs) And it comes out as... (laughs) Knows what I'm saying. (laughs) Knows what I'm fucking saying. Milk is kind of of gross, he says. No, I mean, I don't think that. I love milk. So, Yair, what are your thoughts on Get Out? It's a great film. I mean, like, I actually, I showed it to my younger siblings, and, like, they enjoyed it. And so it clearly bridged a bit of a gap in age. Politics are right where it needs to be, making a good point there. Uh, and just cinematically, really, I found it very striking. The cinematography was impressive. There was a couple of jarring moments where there was some product placement, but <laughs> the independent film, I think they, they managed to get away with it enough. Didn't he? Um, it doesn't like his mate use Bing or something. Yeah, like... <laughs> It clearly gave them some money because there's also like a, a tablet or a computer or both. Uh, you, you see the Microsoft logo a couple of times. Ah, right, uh, yeah. Which for me was a little jarring because I always fucking notice those things every fucking time. But yeah. Like, I think it was subtle enough. <laughs> it's like in the recent James Bond films where Bond suddenly drinks beer and always holds the brand right to the camera. Right. <laughs> like that's not how you hold a telephone why are you showing the logo so prominent <laughs> i mean yeah i thought it was a great film uh, i really enjoyed it first time around and it stood up on the second i'm gonna give it five bags of popcorn because it is about time travel and sci-fi i think it's opening is really good oh yeah i forgot about the opening it's yeah unravel run rabbit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the guy's walking through the yeah. white ass suburban neighborhood and he's like, I know how they play motherfuckers out here. And yeah. some. Kind of neighborhood where in any other sort of like mainstream film you feel completely safe. Yeah. All right. There's the scene at the party where yeah. he takes a picture of the black guy who's acting yeah. really unnaturally and he's like, Get I out! That yeah. could be wrong. There's a title yeah. drop and the guy's yeah. like, Get <laughs> out! Get <Yeah>. out! What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of what the audience are thinking throughout that whole bit. You're like, get out, get out of there. I love, Which I love... is also, interestingly, what I find myself thinking 
in a lot of horror films. Yeah. Like, just get out. What the fuck are you doing there? Yeah. It's a great title, a great line. It, it, it's very emotive, which is what you want in a horror. I think it's a very emotional genre. Yeah, it's a great kind of subversion of the horror trope. And I really loved the line, which appears twice, where at first Rose, the guy's girlfriend, says, Oh, my, my dad loves Obama. He would have voted for him a third time if he could. <laughs> and, then, and then when the dad finally meets Chris, the main character, he's like, Oh yeah, I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. <laughs> like, that gets me some black cred, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, guess what? I voted for Obama once. Yeah. And I would only vote for him a third time. <laughs> and Catherine Keener is brilliant in the film. Like, one of the best character actors around as the mother, the hypnotist mm. mother, who sends him down to the sunken it was place. so creepy, fucking hell. She yeah. plays a great villain, unassuming villain as well. Like, she looks like a sweet lady, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. she sends Chris down to the sunken place with her hypnosis, which is where Kanye West has been for however long. <laughs> and one day I was like, fuck it, I'ma do me. I was in the sunken place and then I found a new me. Did you see Kanye's tweet yesterday? He's withdrawing from politics. <clears throat> <laughs> and he has been going back and forth on the yeah. He says... My eyes are now wide open and now realise I've been used to spread messages I don't believe in. I am distancing (laughs) myself from politics and completely focusing on being creative. Three exclamation marks. Alright, that's... Will he stick to it? (laughs) And then then he proceeded to follow Caroline Lucas. Oh yeah! It's just fucking bizarre. Kanye's joining the UK Green Party. I guess Kanye's a fucking melt next. Like, <laughs> I'll forgive for Trump support, but not the Green Party. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I keep forgive Kanye. I voted Green once. Yeah, you fucking did. I don't know. I remember that, though. It'll labor safe seats. It'll labor safe seats. Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually. Against Ed Miliband. Yeah, because I remember watching the TV debates with you, and Ed Miliband would just be like, that's why we're keeping the Trident nuclear deterrent. Or he'd just be Austerity's like... Austerity's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah, yes. he'd be like, we've got, to, we've got to make certain cuts. And I just like remember looking over at you and just being like, yeah, he's not voting Labour. <laughs> I knew, I, I knew, I knew you wouldn't. I did. But then we were in different constituencies, weren't we? We were. You were in Liz Kendall's part of Leicester. And I was in John Ashworth's yeah. part of Leicester. John Ashworth is a bit better than Liz Kendall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I, I moved up to Redker. <laughs> uh, yeah, Anna Turley, just a, an appalling Anna melt. Uh, I do not have good political geography in my life. <laughs> I need to watch Get Out then. Yeah, you do, you do. Sorry, Tom, you haven't asked to contribute. Yeah. Tom, what horror films would you like to take this opportunity to recommend? We should talk a little bit about the films of John Carpenter, I think. Oh, yeah, I love John Carpenter. Oh, yes. He's done numerous horror films. Halloween, of course, which has become an absolute classic. I've not seen that. Uh, well, it depends, really. Do you mean the original or the film called Halloween that came out this year, which is a sequel to the first Halloween? Or do you mean the Rob Zombie Halloween from 2007? Or do you mean Halloween <laughs> H20 20 years later? Or do you mean uh, Halloween 2? Or Halloween 3 Season of the Witch? Or Halloween 4 where it goes back to be about Michael Myers? Uh, I mean Halloween the fucking lot. 
Hall- 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 Halloween Resurrection with Buster Rhymes. Like, where the. <laughs> See how we push some time, a man forget cough, beat him in the head, boop a dee bop, zippity boof, beat him in the head again, stop killing me, wolf, wop, piggity poof. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Yeah, I mean yeah. a fucking lot. I've not seen a single one of those films that you've just mentioned. No, I'm Subsequently to this recording, I've now watched John Carpenter's 1978 film Halloween, and I really enjoyed it. Really good film. What you got to say really about Halloween is that a lot of the tropes of the slasher film came from it. You know, that's how influential it was. But yeah, it's not my favourite of John Carpenter's. I think my favourite horror film of his is probably The Thing, which in oh, of yeah. itself is a remake of a yeah. 50s science film. Yeah, The Thing from Another World. It had a weird name, didn't it? Yeah. Who Goes There? The original oh, uh, novel okay. by John W. Campbell Jr. was called Who Goes I was There? Like it was yeah, right. Okay. But The Thing by John Carpenter is much closer to the original book than the 1950s film anyone who's seen John Carpenter's thing knows that it has some of the best practical special effects in cinema that is at a time when practical effects were just at their absolute pinnacle and it's actually disgusting watching it you could show it yeah. to someone who's so used to computer effects and stuff being put into horror it can freak you out the whole resuscitation scene when the guy's chest opens up that literally oh. when I saw that when I saw that as a kid I had to go sit upstairs and just sat on my bed for 10 minutes because it literally what the fuck's going on who's no. that there's loads of scruffling there's loads of like crumpling going on who's that still your ear i think i'm just sitting here listening to you yeah i had to go sit up in my room and just sit quietly for a bit because it really <laughs> really really fucked me up as a kid but yeah a lot of that film is etched in my mind and stuff it's just it really resonates when you watch a film like that as a kid it will fucking resonate with you and not only that thing by John Carpenter but the video game that came out which is a direct sequel to John Carpenter's film is actually pretty good as well that was released on the Playstation 2 and I played that as a kid and that fucking fucking fucked me up <laughs> but no yeah the thing is uh, you've got of course Kurt Russell in it who's RJ McGreedy who's also in another one of Carpenter's films Escape from New York he also uh, plays Elvis in his 1979 oh, TV movie, does. Elvis. Straining to go to the toilet when he was constipated caused the change in blood flow, caused his heart to fail at that moment, and he collapsed, and he died. Been saying this for years. And in Big Trouble in Little China as well, yeah. Oh yeah, um, he's in a bunch of his films, and of course in Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Oh yes, oh yes. So Escape from L.A. is... Uh, Escape from New York is of course the one you need to watch. You don't need to watch Escape from L.A. It I is. personally didn't like either. But, uh, really? Yeah, no, I've, I saw Escape from New York. I found it really boring, actually. Um, the president's been kidnapped. The president's penis is missing. It's a drive-by <laughs> truck is song. Looking wide house in Capitol Hill. They look everywhere for Buffalo Bill. They called every scholar, porter, and genius. Has anyone seen the president's penis? And president's been kidnapped. President of what? Why are we talking? I have a deal for you. You received full pardon for every criminal action you've committed in the United States. It was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The president was on board. President of what? That's not funny, Pliskin. <laughs> uh, 
I would like to recommend as one of my highlights of the Carpenter catalogue, 1983's Christine, which is a horror film in which some young nerd gets a car that has a mind of its own and kills people. And he gets like, the car's possessed by an evil spirit and it corrupts its owner and he turns into a proper dickhead who just loves killing people with his car. But best of all, do you know who's in Christine? Robert Prosky. Yeah, yeah, with his fucking party face. Oh, and Harry Um, Dean Stanton, yeah, and yeah. of course, yes, Harry Dean Stanton. Two RP favourites. Yeah, yeah, Robert exactly. Bosky and Harry Dean Stanton. My guys. You guys. No, I haven't seen Christine, actually. That's probably one of the few Carpenter films I haven't seen. I've seen Assault on Precinct 13. Another one we need to recommend is They Live. Yeah. I consider that to be a horror, sort of sci-fi horror. Yeah, They Live is brilliant. I would recommend yeah. Christine, though. Check it out. I managed to find a great Blu-ray rip of it, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. I actually noticed last night, after watching Halloween, that Christine appears to be one of the two John Carpenter films available on Netflix alongside Escape from L.A., so there you go, check it out. Definitely check that out. And In the Mouth of Madness was probably his last really enjoyable film, I think. I did like that one. Yeah, that's a classic. If you're into John Carpenter, you're in luck, because I believe In the Mouth of Madness, They Live, The Thing, Escape from New York, and The Fog are getting remastered in 4K and being given a cinematic re-release. So if you live near a good independent cinema soon, go check out some of Carpenter's best films right there. Wow, there's still quite a few really interesting ones that I would like to watch. One that looks terrible is Memoirs of an Invisible Man, a 1992 <laughs> comedy science fiction film starring Chevy Chase. Fucking <laughs> like Daryl Hannah and Sam Mills in it as well. Oh my yeah, Lord. yeah, well Daryl Hannah, I can't say a bad word against her. She's married to Neil Young. And, and I mean, also I mean, in some good films. Keep on I mean, how can you top They Live? You make a film called Memoirs of an Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, that was his follow-up to They Live, yeah. But yeah, in terms of In the Mouth of Madness, it's just, it's pretty old. So, like, you have Escape from L.A., fucking vampires, ghosts of Mars? I, with I ice haven't cube. seen any of the later ones, actually. Not really, yeah. I mean, the last film he did was The Ward, which was, I think it got somewhat positive reviews, no, but it was mostly, I haven't Poor really... Thirty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah. Okay. His well, music gets that quite good reviews, though. Compare that with Ghost of Mars, and it's a. <laughs> yeah, he's into his soundtracks now, isn't he? Yeah, well, he just makes records now. Yeah, he re-records work from his film scores, and I think just makes new tunes. But yeah, I think he's mostly a musician nowadays. The reason I want to watch the new Halloween film, which is a sequel to the original Halloween in terms of chronological fucking... Okay, we're not going to get into that because it gets too confusing, but the new the new Halloween film that's out that has Jamie Lee Curtis in, the actual soundtrack for that has been done by John Carpenter. They brought oh, him back yeah. to... Oh, yeah! And that's directed by David Gordon Green. Yeah. David Gordon Green. On the radio Was Nicholas Cage such a good time with David Gordon Green David Gordon Green 
want to check it out because it's supposed to be probably the best one since the original. So okay, cool. But hopefully they make it and they just leave it and they don't do anything else with it. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like come on, <laughs> you fi- you 2018, made, you fi- mate. I know, I know, but there's going to be a whole fucking cinematic universe of it. Yeah, there's going to be a I mean, universe. It, it took them nine films, eight, nine films to finally make one that's almost as good as the original potentially, and then they're probably going to just do another one anyway and fuck it all up. Have either of you seen any of Rob Zombie's Halloween films? Oh my word. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, let's make Halloween really gritty and visceral and just... Oh no! Necessarily violent, not grainy, hard bollocked reality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so so they're kind of like authenticratic horror films. Yeah, they have to they have to give Michael Myers this really kind of traumatic childhood. But in order to understand why he's doing this, you have to understand the childhood he had. But the problem is, is that the reason the original Halloween's so scary is that. He comes out of nowhere and just starts doing this stuff for no reason. That's the scary aspect of the original Halloween. We don't need to know about his whole life and fucking why, you know, there's no need for it. I think the only redeeming element is probably Malcolm McDowell in those two films where he plays the role that Donald Pleasance played in the original Dr. Sam Loomis. That's what doesn't work for me, I think, about Red Dragon slash season three of Hannibal is the way that they really do try and, like, humanise this killer, the titular Red Dragon. And I was watching an interview with Brian Fuller, the showrunner of Hannibal, where he was talking about, oh, you're really rooting for uh, the Red Dragon and this blind woman he starts dating. And I'm like, no, I'm not... I'm not. I, I want her to get the <laughs> fuck out of there. You know, I was screaming, like, get out at the TV. Get out. Sorry, man. Okay. Get out! Yo! Yeah! Yo! Chill, man! Chill! Chill! Yeah, yo. Chill, man! Chill! Get the fuck out of here! I, I knew how the fucking narrative was going to end, but she does manage to get away. Sorry for spoilers, but it's been made literally three <laughs> times. Um, but like, you, ah, I like really, uh, yeah. Sometimes I find this like, oh, they're all just the same as the rest of us. You know, sometimes you do just want like even Hannibal himself. He's best when you're just like, how the fuck did he get like this? Not when they're like. Nazis ate his family or something, you know, trying to give him some corny backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, we've gone from John Carpenter to Nazis eating people, so... Oh! Who's seen Mandy? No. The new Nicolas Cage film. Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. No. I've heard about it, though. It's supposed to be a pretty interesting visual experience with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, it's set in the 80s. Basically, Cage lives an idyllic life, like, listening to metal in the in, in the woods with uh, <laughs> Andrea <laughs> Ray's... real Nicolas Cage. Yeah, or, yeah, or at least... Well, his son told to said that he did get Nicolas Cage into, like, Cradle of Filth and stuff. <coughs> you know Nicolas Cage has got a goth son? Yeah. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, him and Andrea Riseborough as his wife 
the titular Mandy, live in a cabin in the woods, so to speak. Already we're getting into horror territory, a cabin in the woods. Then a bunch of weird ex-hippie Jesus freaks come along and um, burn Nicolas Cage's wife alive in front of him. <laughs> so, so then Cage has to spend the rest of the movie, like, murdering Jesus freaks and and these, these weird demons that they've summoned. Uh, I, I liked it. Again, it's rather like Hannibal the TV show. It's done as a kind of pretentious European art film, even though it's uh, quite trashy substance. I, I, I mean, it. I'm slightly disappointed that it's not about MDMA, but like... <laughs> oh, there's a uh, long yeah. drug <laughs> scene. Cage gets really high. Yeah, I love it when Cage gets high. He's so... Yeah. 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 He's going to touchdown! <laughs> Talking. Hey, listen, I'm not worried about you, so don't be concerned about me. Because <laughs> I'm not concerned if you're not concerned, so don't worry, because I'm not really concerned. No, no, no. I, I'm worried, because if you drop dead, I'm the motherfucker they come looking for. You easy, understand? easy, 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 because I'm not easy. <laughs> fucking God. Hit me again with another one of them rocks. What the fuck's that? It's my lucky crap bike. You a crazy motherfucker. You don't have a lucky crack pipe? No, I don't have a lucky motherfucking crack pipe. Well, then, Donald, you gotta take a hit off of mine. Why I gotta do that? Because it's lucky. I've heard there's a scene in it where he fights people with chainsaws. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's so funny. It's a classic, my dick slash dad is bigger than your dick slash dad, where Cage is coming towards some cunt with, like, a big chainsaw. And this guy, like, is ready to get his chainsaw, which is slightly hidden behind something. And then the guy just pulls his chainsaw out, and it's so big. Like, he just keeps pulling the chainsaw. It's just, and it's just, like, the size of, like, a, a man. Like, <laughs> There's a scene in, I'm guessing you've all seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but in the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre 2, which is basically like a horror comedy, they brought Toby Hooper back to direct the sequel. And he's like, oh, you want a sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, yeah, sure, I'll give you a sequel. And it's just this absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, stupid horror comedy. And there's a scene in it where Dennis Hopper has a chainsaw fight with Leatherface. <laughs> it's, it's just absolutely batshit. It sounds like some evil dead shit oh yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it was influenced though it came out a year before the evil dead 2 but you know yeah i don't think i'd really recommend the texas chainsaw massacre 2 but if you want to see how <laughs> you can completely subvert expectations i guess it's a good film to watch yeah <laughs> Has anyone seen Don't Breathe? Not yet. I've heard of it. It's an excellent film, I thought. Three hard-done-by youths break into some old war veteran's house, and it turns out that he's just like a super crazy killing machine, even though he's blind. <laughs> and because he can't see them, yeah, that's why they've got to not breathe. Because... Don't breathe. Yeah, 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 because he's like coming through, he's got guns, he's like a murder machine, he's got, <laughs> he's got a dog. As all kinds of shit going. It's a really scary film, actually. That sounds so a bit it's sort like, of subverting uh, the expectation that it's going to be about youths these days menacing old people. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh shit, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds a little bit similar in concept in terms of keeping quiet. There's another film called A Quiet Place, which is probably the last horror mm. film I saw in the cinemas, which was with John Krasinski, and it's about him and his family, and it's set in this near future where society's completely collapsed because these creatures that only operate by sound have killed most people. But it's really interesting because where it's set is that there's obviously people still alive because they've worked out that they have to be incredibly quiet so a lot of the film is done through sign language there's a few scenes where they talk very quietly when they're in the house and they're bunkered away but these creatures that operate through sound I assume they're alien creatures or something they're pretty freaky looking they operate so you can't speak that's quite an interesting film someone on Twitter said it was a bit fash I don't know what the reasons were for why it's fash I haven't I, I, I bet I they were was... completely preposterous <laughs> like... everything's fash these days I guess but no yeah someone said it was I don't have to watch it again but nothing struck me as being particularly you know just a horror film with a somewhat interesting concept to it but yeah it's got Emily Blunt and John Krasinski in it it's directed by John Krasinski actually and also has a pretty to show this film doesn't give a shit a fucking kid gets killed in the opening so it shows oh, you that wow. not willing to you know, yeah it pulls no punches I think I'll watch that actually that sounds interesting it's pretty low budget oh, and most oh. of it's done through sign language pretty good a, a film I watched recently that was really horrifying was a, a film that kind of raised one of the, you know, the stuff of nightmares, one of the things that, you know, really haunts your dreams. It's a film called Killing Bono, and it's about <laughs> somebody, somebody wanting to kill Bono, who obviously is a sort of national treasure, even though he's from Ireland. He's still kind of a little bit like ours, even though he's not, because we own Ireland, because Britain is a colonial nation. Get me? Of course you're going to fucking be an apologist for you two on this episode. I should have known it. <laughs> we all only kept playing them while we were up in Liverpool listening to all Mate, you you were the one on your tablet. Every time I left the room, Jack would tune back onto his podcast that he was listening to. And I remember going back, I came back from the toilet, come back in. And then as soon as I'd come back in, he'd change from this podcast that sounded interesting and started immediately playing Acton Baby. <laughs> <laughs> False news. False fucking news, mate. I was like, go back to that podcast. It sounds interesting. He's like, no, you're going to no, listen. No, no. <laughs> Seen the fuck off. But yeah, Killing Bono, uh, that's got one of my favourite actors in it, Pete Possethwaite. Yeah, was that yeah. his last performance? I think it was, yeah. And you could probably tell he was not in a good state, I think, at that point. Bless him. He plays a very, very camp man in that. It's a good performance, actually. It's a good bit of... Uh, I mean, it, it is a comedy. It's not a horror film. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was going to say provide some comic relief, but he is just, I guess, part of a funny film. Did you know that Pete Puzzlewaite plays an Indian man in The Usual Suspects? Did you remember that? <laughs> Do you, that, 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 that happened. No, Do I that? don't remember that at all, no. He Fuck fucking no. plays Mr. Kobayashi? Is that the name of the character? It's an Indian person's name. I don't know. I think his character's Indian in it. Damn, like he, damn. he has an Indian accent in it. Really dodgy politics it's, in The Usual uh, Suspects, yeah, that... the 1995 neo-noir <laughs> mystery film directed by sexual predator Brian Singer and starring sexual predator <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Literally. Yeah. Fucking literally. Wow. I will not be watching Brian Singer's latest Bohemian Rhapsody. Mostly oh, it because awful. It, it, 
It's about a band full of melts. Oh, God, my idea of horror is fucking having to sit and watch fucking Queen songs and shite. For, for, for the film explains why they have to... They're all good Tories and dead Tories. The, 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 the film explains why they had to go and perform in South Africa during the apartheid. <laughs> it just lays it, it all out to liberate there. the people. Who told that story? Did Mark Steele tell that story about when Freddie Mercury died? There was a minute silence and someone was like, only someone just stood up at the university's minute of silence and went, only good Tories are dead Tory. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they were Tory. <laughs> Such an so awful good. fucking band. <laughs> I mean, who fucking calls the like, why Queen? Why? why well, I to... think, you know, Brian May playing God Save the Queen on the top of Buckingham Palace may have illustrated that. May have possibly shown what their thinking was of that. Uh, was that during the Olympics they did that? It was a big event like that, oh, wasn't it? Oh, it was like, the Jubilee. Was... Oh my god. It was the Queen's Golden Jubilee. So Sounds it was literally awful. to celebrate the monarchy that he did it. Beautiful. <sighs> god. Uh, we were not watching Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh no, fucking hell no. Do we have any other horror films to recommend? Because we're about an hour and a half of recording. I think it's probably a good time to wrap up soon, but there's got to be some ones we can just kind of get in there, you know, quick fire round. We've already mentioned It Follows, haven't we? That's probably one of the best horror films of recent years, and it's also notable because it has a heavy John Carpenter influence on it, both visually and soundtrack-wise as well. That's one that I'd probably recommend people go watch off the top on the head in terms of a recent horror film The Thing probably the best of John Carpenter's films as I said it fucked me up as a kid so go watch it yeah I was actually thinking uh, when you were saying that the film that did that for me was Alien oh. as a kid, so, yeah, that, that, that fucked me up big time. it's I was a very scary like, film I was scared of air vents for years <laughs> <laughs> there's something in there <laughs> that was when Ridley Scott was good yeah, yeah. and, and then even movie. Aliens even though they transformed that mostly into an action film that's probably my only James Cameron film I really rate yeah Aliens is good I mean it's like if you want to take a sort of science fiction horror film and make it into an action adventure it's the best way to go about it and yet still fucking again gave me massive nightmares about air vents and shit (laughs) (laughs) just really hate air vents it's like you know how Jeremy Corbyn photographs drain covers Yair goes around and photographs (laughs) air vents so he can send the pictures to the police (laughs) (laughs) this one's a very suspicious looking one yeah (laughs) I think you better take a look down there guys I bet you'll find a whole hive of aliens yeah please like fucking hell not this cunt again it's like when Andrew Spooner (laughs) called us for the 50th time yesterday about like Owen Jones said this on Twitter (laughs) it's what happens when when I have a bad trip (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> fucking air vents just not in my bedroom so that's, that's a nice safe place you know? definitely check out some Dario Argento I know that we're going to do a whole episode oh, based yeah, on Argento yeah. I know Laura wants to do an episode on it so we'll save it when she can make it but yeah definitely check out before we go into more detail I don't want to go into too much detail but I recommend a few of his of course Suspiria which is the best of his films Deep Red as well which came before Suspiria but also check out Ten and opera. Opera is a fucking traumatic movie. Check those out. I've been very much enjoying Tom York's soundtrack to the new Suspiria. 
that's all I'll say on the matter for now. There we go. We'll talk more about that at a later date on an Argento um, special. Yeah, and I guess if I have one more film that Wikipedia tells me is horror to recommend... Actually, no, I'm going to get David Cronenberg's filmography up as well. But the one off the top of my head is Mother! Mother! Exclamation mark by Darren Aronofsky, which is just absolutely <laughs> nuts, pitched at a level of total hysteria, just keeps accelerating and getting madder and madder. And Is, is that where people just keep coming to Jennifer Lawrence's house? And yeah, it, just... it turns into a literal war zone. It's absolutely insane. And in terms of David, David Aronovich? No, 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 I'm not recommending any Aronovich. In terms of David Cronenberg's films, right off the top of my head, just check out Scanners, Videodrone, The Dead Zone, Dead Ringers. Those are all the ones that are really strictly horror films that I think you should check out. I still haven't seen The Fly, but those ones I mentioned are absolutely brilliant. Well, you know, you've got to watch The Fly. You've got to watch Jeff Goldblum turning into a fly. (laughs) Essential essential horror cinema. Cronenberg has also got a short film called at the suicide of the last Jew in the world, in the last cinema in the world. And it stars Cronenberg for the first time exploring his Jewish identity. He plays the last Jew in the world, an old man holding a gun to his head. He prepares to commit suicide on television while commentators discuss Jews in cinema. Right. <laughs> I must say I have not seen that once. We... On that note, yes. Do we have any uh, more? <laughs> we came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and we're all out of bubblegum. And we're all out of ass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know. We came to kick ass and eat ass, and we're all out of ass. Oh God. <laughs> oh no. That, that, it's true what they say. The hard left really are obsessed with eating ass and Mike Gapes. Well. Eating out Mike Gapes' ass. His gaping oh, ass. Milk. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I think that's probably the most terrifying image we can possibly leave you with. Any final thoughts, guys? Quite a terrifying image regarding what Jordan Peele said earlier about milk. In Steven Soderbergh's psychological thriller, Side Effects, there is a scene where Rooney Mara's character is completely losing her mind on prescription drugs. Or is she? And she pours out a glass of milk until the milk starts overflowing. (laughs) Milk. You can never escape the milk. Mr. Speaker! (laughs) So there we have it. It's another Halloween come and gone. And before we know it, it'll be a Christmas special. Yeah. Exciting times. We'll film on Boxing Day. Yeah. (laughs) We'll film it. Fuck. Ah, we'll record on Boxing Day. <laughs> We're going into radical new visual possibilities. <laughs> and you can make that reality by donating to our Patreon today at realpatreon.com/realpolitics. Bring Christmas back, guys. We're Don't look back. Help expand our operations. Yes. Uh, get exclusive premium content. All the good stuff. <laughs> I said all I needed to say, guys. I'll let you take us out. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Gapes.
it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing. 